Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Yeah. Greetings, salutations, Suns fan here with Cinderin for We Say Things episode 151. It's felt like forever since we have been in front of a camera, and we'll talk about that shortly. But first, thank you to our amazing sponsor, Manscaped. As you can see, Cinderin is coughing in glee in the background because our amazing Manscaped sponsor has a blurb for us today gentlemen father's day is just around the corner and our friends at manscaped are here to ensure all the father figures out there are looking daddy material this june (laughs) man manscaped's performance package 4.0 which includes their signature lawnmower 4.0 is the perfect bundle to tackle any and all old man hair from head to toe that's right is no dad joke Wait, that's not, uh, let me, this right here is no dad joke. Treat him and yourself and join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code we say things at manscaped.com. Trust me, his dad bod will thank you. First of all, two things. I can attest that these products are very good. I use them on my testicles as well as Cinderin. I can attest uh, personally. Use them on me as well. That's right. Uh, oh. This not only is a good product, but would be a hilarious gift for any fathers out there. Like if your son, just imagine your son or daughter provided you this gift. That's that's a storyline in and of itself, you know. And at first it's funny and then he uses it like, wow, my balls are so smooth. Thank you, Jimmy, son. <laughs> I feel so much more daddy material now. All right, let's not get off. <laughs> so thank you again to Manscaped. Uh, Manscaped.com, and you can put in our code. We say things for 20% off and free shipping. Also, thank you to our patrons from the In Bruges tier. Would you like me to read all of them today, Cinderin, since you're having some trouble? Uh, I can I can start. It's fine. Okay, go ahead. All right. Light Nuhila, which translates to Onion News. EG kick player from Dota roster amidst peak pollen season. Too sneezy for Arteezy. Pontus Sundback. If, is that an NFL player? It is now. Sure. Or uh, uh, NBA. Sorry, not NFL. If you're eco-conscious and want a good chair for cheaper, check remanufactured chairs from BTOD or Crandall. Parenthesis, not an ad. It's good that we got that specified. I cover my ears during scary moments too. Oscar Seeker. Sadly, this will be my last sub month. Everything must end someday, or should have, or should have never begun. Like artifacts. <laughs> Wait, wasn't this also their last month? I don't know. Rovalicious. <clears throat> Big shiny Bulgarian balls is what you need to play ranked these days. I'm sure, you would agree. Roundy three. No, but seriously, Dota can have way more active players than it currently does, and it's a shame that Valve doesn't do it justice. Disco Farm D. What sound does my lovemaking make when there's no one around to hear it? Stooge, 
Simple stooge stoggy. No, no, I said I'm not D. I still don't understand this. One. I really don't understand this one at all. Like not no, even one percent. It's a. It's probably a movie reference, and they're like, "Ha, there's a movie you haven't seen." <laughs> Maybe. Akuna Matata lives in Chandler Gilbert. Just saying. Commander Donut. Chakar's still an asshole. Milan, Miami. The Mega Pope. And episode two hundred in New Zealand. Ti in New Zealand. Thank you also to Zan Xavier, Nate Thicko, Zero One Hamscroats, Bacon, Shark TM, Freshly Seasoned Goat Balls, Janie, Dop, Nothing to See Here, Underscore Man, Hey Google, what time is it? It worked on my phone. Good job. All right, it's one fifty-eight a.m. Says Google. Uh, yeah. Oh boy. Eve Remort, can we get Seb on the podcast? I butchered that one. Ben Broomhead needs to change his Patreon name. Pitch Black, Wooden Aftertaste, Anonymous, and Peter, during the 19th century in Egypt, mummies were used for fuel for the steam boilers of railway engines, Niebling. Interesting. And by the way, apparently the mummy eating thing, it was real. That's a real thing. Apparently. Fucking crazy. That's pretty fucking messed up. Yeah. Uh, Just right. like this one. Apparently everything that has to do with mummies is messed up. Very true. So I guess it makes sense they made movies about that. Okay, let's get started with the episode. So uh, we'll talk a little bit later about our experience at Stockholm Major, but we can talk about the very tail end, <laughs> which is our trip home slash uh, once we got home. Uh, Cinder and I both got COVID. I th- did your significant other also get it, Cinder? Yes. My significant other also did. In fact, she gave it to me 100%. Her symptoms were like a little bit before mine, let's say. But basically, we were feeling them literally on the trip back. So we got tested. Quinn tested positive the, like the day of the grand finals, and everybody's freaking out. Uh, other people had tested positive before. Everybody that played fucking Mafia, which I did not, and I don't think you did either. Everybody that played Mafia got no. fucking COVID. Shocker. And obviously we met with a bunch of fans, so I just assumed we were going to get it. But thankfully, yeah. it didn't really show symptoms or get it, I guess. I don't know. Until, like, I didn't want to be stuck in another country. So that's mm-hmm. one silver lining. But how are your symptoms? Because apparently your your throat is still bothering you. Yeah, so I started, I started showing symptoms basically the evening after I got home which was Monday last week. So it's been a week and a half. Uh, The first two or three days after that were the worst. I was with like sporadic fever, you know, like just regular flu-like symptoms, but just the whole package with like, it wasn't a heavy fever, but I had a bit of fever, um, temperature, sensitivity, muscle ache, headache, throat ache, cough, the whole shebang. And then after a couple of days, it basically normalized and... For the most part, what was left was a runny nose and some coughs. And I've had that for close to a week now. Um, And then last night, I started having some sort of lump in my throat again, out of nowhere, which is really random, uh, which is then bothering me a bit today. And I feel like my voice is also a little bit more rasp. So you guys are going to have to deal with that for this whole episode. Did you lose your Um, sense of taste or smell? No, never. Same. Thankfully. Because that was something positive to look forward to every day. I love food very much. Right. As I also didn't lose my appetite COVID. that much. So, so, yeah, for me, it was much more mild. Uh, it felt like a cold. I did have one night, just just one night, where my breathing 
I was struggling a bit and I actually kind of freaked out, which I think made it worse. Cause that's, the, oh. that's the one symptom that I'm like, I don't want that symptom. Like I didn't care about mm -hmm. the, I mean, obviously I don't want to lose my sense of taste or smell or whatever, but the, the breathing one is scary, but thankfully only one night, uh, everything else was just, it's like a cold. Uh, I know there was a few people, I'm not going to name names. Cause I don't know who's come public, but most of the talent got COVID. <laughs> like, it feels like every I I know literally 20 people that have COVID. Quite a lot of people got sick this insane. event, which just it's just kind of I don't know. I feel like it's almost naive to say it wasn't a given. If uh, so, basically a little bit of backstory on this: in Sweden, you can't legally enforce people to wear masks. Uh, it's against the constitution, I think. Um, so even if the event wanted to, all they could do was encourage people and be like, hey, you should wear masks uh, here or there. And in the crowd, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like I barely saw any masks worn by anyone in the crowd. because I saw zero, exactly. Yeah. In Sweden, it's just kind of considered, it's, this, it's reached the same status in Denmark now where it's like, it, it's not considered a, an epidemic anymore by law. So yeah. uh, in Denmark, there's no regulation either. Um, because we've combat, combated most of it. People are vaccinated. Basically, the whole population at this point, more or less, is vaccinated in Denmark. So, um, so yeah, we've kind of moved on. Uh, but that also means that if you haven't had it before and you go to Sweden, you have a very high chance of contracting it because you can get it from literally anyone in the audience there. And keep in mind, it's an international event. So it probably wasn't, you know, it wasn't just Swedes there. It was people from all over Europe. Yeah. Some people were even traveling intercontinental to go to the major Um including talent. So you never really know exactly what strain you're going to get uh, and where it comes from. So, so yeah, I was, I, I feel like I've been pretty fortunate and I've also done a, I would say hand on heart, I've done a good job since COVID came out with being careful and uh, staying safe when it was at its worst. And now our like attitude towards it at home was like, if we get it now, so be it. Cause we can't, uh, can't keep play, keep away forever and not socialize and enjoy these kinds of events. So right. I kind of had a feeling that there was a good chance I would get it here and I did. So, you know, yep. it is what it is. I'm very thankful that I got Pfizer, but <laughs> I, I mean, obviously everybody, every case is going to be different, right? Everybody reacts differently. I have noticed, maybe this is just confirmation bias that people that did not get Pfizer have had on average worse symptoms than me and Nikki. Uh, so when did you get the booster? Booster was right before the wedding, so it would have been like early December. So okay. we're getting to the point, like apparently we're not allowed still to get a booster, a second booster. It's for like mm -hmm. older people. So I don't right. know what the deal with that is. Obviously getting COVID is kind of a booster now uh, to some degree. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. yeah I, I got I, Moderna um, hmm. as all my three shots. And the last one I got, I think, was in January. And I just felt like, you know, if you have the booster and it's almost half a year ago, I think a large part of the efficiency has worn off. Yeah, most uh, likely. It probably still helps, but it, it's it's not as good as if I would have got COVID in March, I'm sure, uh, at protecting you so mm. and weakening the symptoms. But at the end of the day, it wasn't like with everything... Our experience, I guess I can say that now based on yours as well, is that it, it wasn't really much worse than another like flu I had when I grew up or you having a cold. Um, 
So may, being able to stay away from it for this long has definitely paid off. Like, yeah. Because I think some people were like, oh, what did you, why did you get vaccinated if you got COVID anyway in the end? Like, was it worth it? And it's like, yeah, it was worth it because I got over the worst part. I'm pretty sure. If I would have got this a year and a half ago and I wouldn't have been vaccinated, I feel like I would have been really fucking sick. So I would still, yep. I would still very much have no regrets about getting vaccinated. Indeed. All right. So one uh, cancer slash disease to another, the NBA. Cinderin. Oh no. Uh God. I've been I've had weeks to digest this. Thank God. If I had to do this like right after it happened, my God, I would have I don't know. So update on NBA for everybody that's interested, which is like ten people. Uh the Suns are out of the playoffs. Uh they were up two zero against the Dallas Mavericks, and we ended up losing in seven games. And the way we lost was so fucking bizarre it went to that seventh game which was at home so we had the advantage and we lost by 40 fucking points i have never ever seen anything like that and i don't know what you imagine i was like at that point i was literally in shock i didn't scream i didn't say i was fucking mute the entire fucking game just watching i could not i was probably sleeping next door yeah, I, I actually, I prepped you beforehand, like, you know, I hope you're not going to stay up too late because I, I might wake you up uh, screaming. And there was none of that. It was uh, very fucking sad. And it's the Suns, they basically imploded. Something happened. I'm not going to get to specifics because obviously I'm not going to bring up names since you don't know any of them. But uh, things were not fucking good. Booker, man. No, not that Booker. Guy. Uh, he had a terrible oh. game, but uh, like... DeAndre Ayton is a real oh, pile of shit, and I hope we trade him. Um, can't stand... Oh, God, don't even get me started with this fucking guy. But the Dallas Mavericks center, they have one player on their team, okay? And mm-hmm. I know a lot of Mavericks fans are going to get very upset with me saying this. Well, first, I'm going to say I'm gonna say the nice thing. Luka Doncic is like a top three NBA player right now. He's a god. The Suns should have taken him number one. Any Suns fans that don't think so are dumb. Having said that, the Dallas Mavericks were not a good team. Compared, like We were a better team, but something happened, whether it's an injury to Chris Paul, something mentally, we broke down. I have never seen anything like it. So Dallas Mavericks ended up playing. It was flat-out choke. It was say. the biggest choke I've ever seen. The Mavericks oh, played the Warriors in the semifinals, and they got crushed 4-1. None of the games were remotely close. Uh, which was as expected. That's what I was expecting in our series as well. And so the Warriors are now in the finals against the Celtics. So I have not watched any basketball since then, and I need some more time. I mean, the Suns are cursed, so I expect them to lose anyway. So, But again, it's the way they went out that was fucking insane. Never Is there someone you want to lose more in the finals? No, I I don't care. Okay. I guess I'd be rooting for Boston if anybody that... I don't know. doesn't matter to me. Got it. Okay. So with that, let's get started with TI-11 and patch Whoa. info. So we'll talk about the Stockholm Major <clears throat> in just a bit, but this juicy-ass nugget came out via Valve today, and I'll read it out loud. At the Stockholm Major, we were pleased to unveil that the International will be hosted in Singapore, which I guess we should also mention since that was right after our last podcast. 
So oh. <laughs> TI-11 will be in Singapore. We haven't talked about that. That's true. TI will be in Singapore, guys. Did you know? Bringing, uh, bringing the crowning event in esports to SEA for the first time, featuring four consecutive weekends of Dota action and a total of 30 teams from all over the world. This will be the largest Dota event to date. In our constant efforts to make the event and its broadcast as exciting and accessible as possible, we're experimenting with a slightly different schedule that includes more breaks and a greater build to the finals. Here's how we're structuring it this year for the biggest celebration of Dota 2 yet. The last chance qualifiers, which we talked about before, that's kind of replacing replacing the open... Is it the regional qualifiers it's replacing? It's replacing the wild card, which we haven't had for two years. But essentially, the two runner-ups from the regional qualifiers, so the ones that don't make it directly, get to play a last chance qualifier on land. So that's 12 of the 30 teams are playing for two slots. Right, okay. So that's going to be between October 8th and 12th, and it'll be followed by the group stage of TI from October 15th to 18th, featuring 20 teams battling to make the main event. The qualifying teams will then play through the playoffs at SunTech Singapore between October 20th and 23rd, where the field will narrow even further. The survivors will advance to the finals at Singapore Indoor Stadium from October 29th to 30, where the Aegis of Champions will hang in the balance. Stay tuned for ticket info, blah, blah, blah. So this is like several topics. First and Mm. foremost, it's in Singapore. Let's talk about that first. So first of all, I'm really happy it's in Southeast Asia because they have the hypest fans, right? Mm-hmm. I think I speak for both of us. The thing, and I, I haven't been to Singapore in a long time. I remember being extremely nice. The one concern, though, is they are mega strict on COVID. Yep. Mega strict. This, of all the countries in the entire world outside of North Korea, this is the riskiest place to hold a LAN this many months in advance because it could just get canceled, Right. I feel like this is the highest probability location to get canceled. But if it doesn't, it's a fucking god tier uh, location as well. What do you think? Yeah, uh, Singapore is one of the countries in the world I want to visit the most. So I'm really stoked about the location. But uh, like, if you ask me, I feel like this is a very bold choice. I just, like you said, hope it works out. I have the same concerns. Uh, considering the fact that last year's TI, the lookout was good for Romania... And then things got worse, and then we still had to host it without a crowd and with a lot of COVID restrictions. If you come from a failure like that, and then next year you kind of double down, it's very risky, but it's also the most Valve thing to do ever, right? <laughs> so, yeah, true. It's, it kind of checks out, right? Um, I, I just really hope we don't have a problem here, because, yeah, if there is another outbreak of COVID, if there's a new strain, if there's some sort of third or fourth or whatever the fuck wave we're on now, and that happens, Singapore will be one of the first countries in the world to put on massive restrictions, if not just close the airports entirely. Like, just say nobody comes in. Um, And if that's the case, then we're going to have a problem with TI. Um, But, you know, fingers crossed, if everything works out well, uh, I think this will be an amazing host country. Um, Like you said, SEA fans are amazing. And the city itself is supposedly... You said you've been there before. Uh, it's supposedly really wonderful place. The hotels are crazy. Um, 
hopefully we stay at one of the really good ones for this. That would be I, an I'm not gonna lie. For if, sure. if we if I get invited, because that's always a risk. But if we get invited, same. I hope it's in that hotel that has like the ship at the top. Because yeah, it's the marina. <laughs> I think it's called right. Because I I haven't been to Singapore since I was like eight years old. So that you know I don't remember right. anything other than it was super clean. But I heard they have it's super good food, Shannon. You know, so that's something yeah, you and I've I heard would the same. That's true. We can have a lot of starters experience. and whatnot. But uh, when we owned DC, uh, there was the Nanyang tournament, which was in Singapore, and I chose not to go. Nikki went instead, and it was at that hotel, and it's the best hotel she's ever oh, been to. So damn. I I was quite jealous. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, so the second part of this is the dates. This yep. is very strange. So the entire tournament, starting with the last chance qualifiers, October 8th to October yeah. 30th. And there's a three I think weeks. the big other than being three weeks, which isn't the craziest thing. I mean, for TI, that's pretty long. But mm-hmm. there is a six day gap between the playoffs and what they're calling the finals. But it's two days. So yep. we don't know what that means exactly. Could be like four teams left, maybe a, something yes. like that. I think the final stage will have six teams. <clears throat> okay, um, that's my guess right now because usually in a double limb format, when you get to the second to last day, there's five teams left. Is what we've usually had because uh, one of the teams in the lower bracket will have played their match as the last match of the night before, and then the next day the other lower bracket match starts and a team gets eliminated and then you're down to four. Hmm. So either you do two best of threes day one, two best of threes day two, and then it's four teams, or you do three and three, or you do four and two, and then it's six teams, if that makes sense. Okay. Those are the two options. So uh, You're not going to have more than six teams here, realistically speaking. There's no way. So the final stage is four to six teams. So what do you think about this break? Because the first thing that came to my mind <coughs> is... Mm-hmm. Let's say it's six teams. Who are they scrimming <laughs> for six days? They're just That's... like whoever's lower bracket is playing upper bracket. It's like you're playing two different teams, but you might play them soon anyway. It's really weird, right? It's yeah. really weird. So all the teams are going to be very familiar. And then you have to worry about, and I don't want to be like this guy, but this happens. Like, Let's just take China, for example. If there's a team upper bracket and lower bracket and they're not facing each other, or sorry, if they're on the same side of the bracket, they will share info on other teams that they might be facing against to help, right? Mm -hmm. Like that has happened before, and this makes that even worse. It expounds on that big time. So a lot of weird, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about this. I think so. Interestingly enough, this kind of format with a break before the finals is something that I think is the norm for the League World Championship, if I'm not mistaken. I think they have done this for a couple of years. Uh, And from what I gathered, this is just from Reddit comments. I don't know how much of this is true, but apparently the League community was envious of Dota's format for TI. (laughs) Now we're doing the League one. I find that kind of funny. Um, There could be a couple of reasons for this. Uh, Obviously, the way it's being framed here is that it's an experimental way of, you know, building up hype for the finals. This might have been a logistical issue. It might have been that. That is what I assume. Yes. They they couldn't get the arena for two consecutive weeks or one consecutive week, which is what they would need. Uh, And they feel like maybe they could get the sun tech for the whole week, but 
they feel like the sun tech is too small for the finals. So basically, I did a little bit of, of Googling on this. And from what I gather, roughly, the sun tech Singapore, the auditorium that we would be in for that will have about the same size as Benaroya Hall did. And the Singapore Indoor Stadium is about as big as Key Arena is. So they want that key size for the final two days, and then they'll have that more intimate Benaroya feel for the playoffs, which I don't mind. I think this choice of venues for when the games are is pretty good. Um, we've talked about this before in the podcast that I feel like something gets lost when you go to a bigger arena. It's obviously, all, you also gain something, right? You get a bigger crowd, you get more hype like that, but the acoustics and some of the intimacy of being in a smaller venue also has some charm to it. So I think it's cool we get both uh, mm. this time around. But yeah, this this time span, the five days between, I think players are probably largely not going to like this. But, you know, it is what it is. Like, this is obviously not going to get changed. Um, and I wonder, I wonder if this is going to have the effect that Valve are hoping with it, you know, having multiple days to build up hype for the finals. Or if it is effectively going to perhaps have the opposite effect where people are really excited to see the finals, but then there's so long in between that some of the hype kind of dies down. It can go both ways. Uh, I think I, a lot of it is honestly up to their content team to do a good job during off days at keeping people engaged and keeping them excited. Um, I think viewership will, this will help viewership actually, but I think it's generally going to be less hype by default. It doesn't mean it's going to be less hype mm -hmm. than other years because the games just could be better, but I think the format, does. it's not conducive for like you know, these runs that teams have, like in the lower bracket that teams just don't have time to prepare for. And that's kind of the, like OG has done that before the first time they won TI. Like would this, mm -hmm. would that have changed with a six day break? Probably. It's always going to favor some team in some way, but you, it's hard to say in advance who it favors. If it's the underdog, if it's the favorites, like most people on paper would probably say that the teams that are most favored by longer breaks are the teams that have the strongest support system, right? That have, most value to gain from data mining games, analyzing, uh, running simulations on drafts, all this kind of stuff. But I, I think you can also overthink things like that and get too much in your own head. So sometimes, so do you, I, I don't know, I, I don't want to give too much of an advantage to anyone with this. I mean, I would say by default, this would, like you'd have less upsets, like on average. I think that is probably objectively true. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much less, but I think that right. would be the case. Uh, but yeah, it's it's interesting. We'll see. We'll see how it is. That's a long-ass time to have a tournament as well. Um, yeah. I don't know what yeah, to think. Effectively, we're effectively going to be in Singapore for like three and a half weeks, right, if we get to go. It would be October, probably, we'll probably be arriving October 6th. And going home on October 31st. Yeah. So, yeah. Three and a half weeks. It's quite the stretch. That's a lot of food we could try, Cinderin. It is. I really do hope we get to go now. Because, uh, well, I hope to go to T.I. Shannon. I don't know about you, but... I just want to eat food. Yeah. <laughs> How about this? If we don't get invited, we just go to Singapore anyway and just eat. <laughs> we just do three and a half weeks daily podcast about food. Oh, yeah. I'm sure we get so many Trying viewers. every restaurant in Singapore. Yeah, we might have good. a good viewership from October 24th to 28th when there's nothing else going on. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is absolutely true. Uh, 
Okay, so the second half of this news article blog post from Valve today uh, was looking forward. The Dota team is hard at work on the upcoming Dota Plus June update. (laughs) I love that line, which includes not only the traditional seasonal refresh, but also several exciting new features and the 7.31D gameplay update. Because this update is larger than normal, it's going to ship a bit later than normal on June 8th, which is yeah. in a week, which if it's on time, that's for it's our podcast. It's the day before pod. That's Look right. that. So Wonderful. people are upset, as you Excuse might me. expect, because it says 7.31D and not something without a letter at the end. Not going to lie. That was my first impression or my first reaction as well. What about you? It does say bigger than normal, though. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what conventions they use to decide whether it's a dot .x or a new number. I'm not sure what logic they go by because sometimes a patch like D has actually been pretty big. And sometimes a new number patch has been smaller than expected. So I, I wouldn't think too much about it until I see what it contains. My main hopes, as always, are kind of the same. Slow down the gameplay, nerf stuff rather than buff it. Um, I don't know if you want to do like some concrete predictions right now on what you're hoping or expecting to see in the patch, or if you just want to wait a week and see what it is. I just but... want Marcy and Primal Beast in Captain's mode. I think, all right, my, I don't know if this is a bold prediction. I think Marcy will get into CM this patch. Mm. Uh, I think they'll add Marcy. I don't think they'll add Primal at all. I think they're going to buff him, though, because they nerfed him to the absolute gutter. Um, and then, you know, there's obviously, there's going to be the outliers from the major, right? That need some attention, like Wraith Pact seems kind of stupid. Uh, damage mitigation strategies in general just ramped up too high. That's why Underlord had an insane win rate at that major, uh, when picked in second phase, I think it was like 80% or something. Uh, you would pick Underlord, you would buy Wraith Pact in your team, and then the enemy carrier would have no damage outside of BKB. Mm. Um... And their team in general, right? Would have very low damage. Pugna is probably going to get nerfed. Similar logic with the damage reduction of Netherward. Um, And then, yeah. You know, the meta picks at the Major that were considered really strong will probably get get a tap, right? Let's hope they buff Pudge, though. There's very few heroes I want a buff for. But I actually think for Pudge to be relevant, he needs a buff. I don't think nerfing other heroes is enough. I don't know why they it's don't. It's one of the few I, heroes. It, the, so the whole idea of Pudge, I understand that you don't want him picked every game, but he's literally never picked in pro games, and that, it's the most exciting hero by far. Such a like, fan favorite for pubs. Why hasn't there been a period outside of like TI one to TI two era where, like, I'm okay with Pudge being overpowered for a patch? Like every other hero has gone through this fucking process, right? We had the flesh heap with the, the the regen. I wouldn't say it was yeah. over... Like, that's different, though, right? Like, he's playable in lane because of that. I wouldn't say he's overpowered, though, right? I don't think Pudge has been considered overpowered for a single patch ever in Dota, except the one or two days that Navi Fountain hooked with it at TI. Yeah, exactly. That's literally the only time in memory in pro Dota... Dota 2, that is, that Pudge was OP. He was really good back in, I think, 648B? Back in 2006 or something. Pudge was good in Proto. Wow. Like, Incredible. it's like, come on, man. Give the heroes some love. It's a fan favorite. I know you, it's kind of tricky to balance because it's also frustrating for people if the most played hero in pubs 
is OP, right? Because then people will just be pissed that they have to deal with it every time. But, you know, we have the new banning system, which largely filters heroes that are considered OP. And seeing how many other heroes we have that go through that cycle... I mean, he's already if the most picked making... hero, though. Like, what's going to change? Yeah. Is going to be even more the most picked? I mean, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Uh... I... I so, don't want the hero to be OP. I want him to be good. I want right. him to be viable. That's it. Like yeah, it's, it's never gonna happen. Uh, but I want to go yeah. back to the the wording. Mm -hmm. I so they said, okay. First of all, obviously Valve is posting this, and they have been mm -hmm. known to kind of. It's the right way to. What's a delicate way to put this? To not be on the pulse. Does that make sense? To be out of touch a little bit. Okay, I know what you mean. Mm -hmm. I I do think that they are very aware that the community wants a battle pass right now and they want a patch mm -hmm. and all this stuff the fact that in this small little paragraph first of all they open it with saying dota plus june update which made me literally laugh out loud when i read that they have to know that people's reaction would be that and then 7.31 d gameplay update which people would be upset about as well is there any percent chance that this actually is like a debate and they're just trying to temper expectations, and it's actually the TI Battle Pass, and it's actually the next big patch. They haven't yeah. done that before. That's that's why it's some pretty heavy copium, I think. Oh, I know. No, coming from me, though, like look at me. I'm the most cynical motherfucker you've ever known. The fact that I'm having <laughs> copium about this. About? The fact that I'm having copium about this means that maybe. <laughs> Maybe I'm onto something. Even you have been <laughs> lost to the void now. Or, or you should just kill me. Yeah, one of the two. <laughs> okay. Uh, how about when? When has the battle pass generally come out relative to TI? Uh, somebody did calculations on this. It's like this is four months before the play-in begins. Yeah. Right. That seems really early. That would mean in the August months of TI. The battle pass would have had to come out in April. I don't think that's ever happened. Has it? Has it? Maybe it has. Okay, people are saying four months in chat. Okay. Uh, okay, people are also saying three months. That's what I remember. But yeah, I'm not sure. Just going off memory, I feel like this would be really early. Obviously, I welcome it. It would be cool to have a battle pass for even longer. Uh, but my personal expectations is that the battle pass does not come out until end June, early July. And... Like you said, with tempering expectations or whatever, this is a good way to implement something for people to, you know, muster some patience for the battle pass. Yeah. Because the alternative here is, like, let's say all, all the community cares about is the battle pass. We're going to announce that the battle pass comes out late June or early July. I think the community would be really disappointed, right? So rather than focusing on that, they're focusing on the positives, which is there's something else coming in the meantime. <clears throat> the community is also doing itself a little bit of a disfavor is that a word uh just like hyping itself up with like looking it's also funny right looking for clues literally everywhere and like random wickram tweets or whatever trying to decode some sort of secret message like they're the fucking enigma in second world war or whatever but like you're you're also maybe setting yourselves up a little bit to be disappointed when you hype yourself that much with no hints right right like for for me with this, I I'm pretty satisfied with this honestly because I wasn't expecting a battle pass at all anytime soon. Main thing I hope for is a patch that makes the game a little bit better, 
And the Dota Plus thing, I, I, I want to see what the new exciting features are. Like so far, the new features that they've added to Dota Plus, I've for the most part not really cared about very much. But so I'm very temperate on expectations for that. But I do think the patch will be good. Very exciting features is what they wrote. Yeah. Uh, okay. So let's talk about the Stockholm Major and how it ended. Obviously, in the last podcast, we uh, were on a panel, so to speak, with Jerex and Gork. And up to that point, it was the finals. It was the only thing we weren't aware of. So I guess we can just take it from there and then talk about our experiences at the Major overall. Uh, TSM came from the upper bracket, as we know. And as usual, lower bracket advantage, so it seems. Uh, OG, my God, how the fuck do they keep winning every major, I, even with different rosters? They're five and zero at majors. Yep, in the finals. So they won. OG did, or yeah, OG dropped the first game, and then they won the next three, and it was pretty yeah. convincing for the. Then most they part. banned Enigma, and then that was the key. Yeah. So Save they identified the very quickly after game one what they needed to do. Um, yeah, I mean it's super impressive. I don't know what else to say. This team. Uh, I think Seb and Notel, there's something about these guys in terms of prep. Because one of them is obviously in the server, right? But one is just the coach standing outside after the draft is over. But I think OG win a lot of their games before they start. Um, and I think that's something a lot of teams need to step it up on. Whether it's better draft preparation, better mental preparation... Uh, team building outside of just playing the game, like whatever it is these guys do, they do it better mm-hmm. um, on average. Doesn't mean they win every event, but they have won. The org has now won seven premier events, which dwarfs everyone else, including, I mean, I, I guess this event has a little bit of an asterisk because China wasn't there. True. I personally think PSG would have won this tournament if they were there. Um, but I've thought that before, and OG has beaten them multiple times when I thought PSG would win. So you never know. It might have been the same finals. It might have been the same winner, at least. But yeah, it's just super impressive. Uh, I'm really happy for the for the new guys, right? It's got to be fucking awesome to be, you know, it's kind of like the Thompson story all over again. You have these players going to their first LAN and they just own. Uh, yeah. Felt like all of their cores played outstanding, uh, even though it was their first event. So BZMMR as well as uh, Yuragi all played great consistently every game. Uh, no choking, no tilting, just uh, solid. And again, that's to me, is the testament to that mentality thing, right? It's like 17-year-olds playing on the big stage, and they feel like they're just having a blast, you know, but, just owning some people. But every time OG has won <laughs> a major, they have flopped yep. big time at TI because the patch reflects the nerfs mm-hmm. come from the teams that do well. Here's so, the difference, though, Shannon. Okay. This time, OG is full of Zoomers, and they learn really fast. That's true. So if their strategies now get nerfed, they will have a new bag. That's not and a saying. they're but... playing... Like, if Windrunner gets nerfed, doesn't matter, because Misha doesn't... <laughs> not going to play a position five Windrunner. <laughs> There's no way Windrunner gets nerfed. I know. There was one player playing it. I, ho- I hope okay. I hope Valve doesn't just after the major look at hero win rates and like, oh, this hero had a high win rate has to be nerfed. Like it's obviously contextual, right? Like Windranger is not overpowered. It just isn't. Yeah. So that hero should not get nerfed. Uh, but it was really cool to see Seb. You know, that was also one of the really cool stories of this tournament. In my opinion, was he just did his stuff, right? I think he played 
very few heroes at the entire playoffs. He played like Windranger and Monkey King. I don't even remember him playing any other hero. Yeah, Maybe he did. It's true. But he, he just third hero played stuff somewhere. that he's very comfortable on and did his best as a support. And I think he played really well. So yeah. awesome. Yep. Really, so congrats really awesome. to OG. They are amazing. Uh, do you want to talk about our experiences at the major itself? Because for us, obviously the podcast, we talked about this on the last one, but uh, cool. meeting all you guys in person man that it's it was really fucking cool um and then i think meeting, doing the live podcast is actually one of my favorite things i've done at the land i that was completely awesome. agree that i think awesome. it is my favorite thing uh i can't think of another doing the all-star match at ti uh with techies release that's up there as well but yeah it was really cool meeting a lot of the people that you know we don't get to talk to really that watch us um Thanks for the COVID, by the way. Really appreciate that one. Uh, <laughs> but it was, it was really nice to have the crowd. And, you know, I really like sitting just, I'm an introvert, so I kind of sit away from people. But just watching the games and just hearing a crowd was just really enjoyable. And then casting, I'll have to get used to. I'm not going to lie. I, uh, I've I've cast in front of a crowd before, but it's been a long time and not at this stakes, right? Like I said, TI All-Star mm-hmm. match, not much is on the line for that. For these, these are very serious games. Like the closest thing is Captain's Draft minor that we did. Very so, serious games. Uh, <laughs> so like finding the balance of, you know, doing our usual thing and trying to hype it up is something that I have to get better at, but it, it, regardless, it was, it was a hell of a lot of fun. So I hope we get to do more. Yep. And agree. It was nice to be back casting with an audience and it, you know, I feel like the fans were also, I don't know how many experiences you've had with this at events with fan interaction or whatever. I felt like it was a good, it was a good amount. I felt like the fans were respectful and they could tell we were in a hurry. We weren't, we weren't like getting mobbed. Um, if we had to go from A to B. Um, and at the same time, when we were at the casting booths, people would come over, they would be patient, they would take their time. And it wasn't like absolute flocks of people so that we couldn't go anywhere. It was just people coming over, wanting to get a signature or a picture, being super happy, excited. Uh, everyone was in great spirits. It was just a, it was a very wholesome event, I think, in that way. And I, I feel like in a way, maybe you could tell that for a lot of people, it was their first event. And for a lot of people... Obviously, for basically everyone, it was their first event in a really long time. So people were just like, you know, thankful and optimistic and positive. Mm. So it was a and it was a good vibe. I don't remember smelling anybody. So True. Thank you for that. Maybe that is that an American thing? <laughs> fucking the stench is unreal at some of these lands, man. It is just fucking disgusting. But I didn't smell anybody, so well done. You guys should get the Manscaped deodorant. That's true. The Manscaped has really pulled through. Uh, but yeah, experience overall was a lot of fun. Uh, obviously getting to hang out with, you know, our peers. It's always... Okay, I didn't have this on the original Outline Center, but I have to talk about it real quick because I thought it was kind of funny. So as some of you know, I have uh, a very mild case of Tourette syndrome, right? So for those that don't know, Tourette's just means that you have a like an involuntary tick, kind of. So a lot of times it's like a facial tick, which you actually notice with me. I, I do that a decent amount. And if it's very extreme, you have like, you say something verbally. 
and a lot of times it's like something really bad. It's like, you th- I don't want to say this. I don't want to say this, but I have to say this kind of thing. It's like a literal thing you can't really control. So I have a, an extremely mild version of this, right? I'm not going to, I never say anything racist or anything like that. Cause I can control if I don't like, what's the best way to say it? So I like saying stupid ass shit sometimes that makes no sense. Like the horse thing, right? Just screaming horse. Mm-hmm. That's actually a tick. Okay. Like it's always been that way. If I don't I'm just do picturing it, picturing a broadcast starting like this, we go to the, and now we go to the casters <laughs> to cast the lower bracket finals, and you're just like, whores! <laughs> and everybody Thankfully, just thinks you're yelling whores, and then you can just pass it off as I have Tourette's. So. Right. Thankfully, it's not serious enough that I can't control it because, like, if I don't do it, like, it, yeah, it bothers me a little bit, but I I can live with it, right? Like other people that are more extreme, they literally just can't; they have to do it. Uh, but for me, it does, it's a little satisfying just to get it out of my system. It's like this thing that just got to get out, right? So horse or whatever. Mm-hmm. So this new, <laughs> this new one that, uh, you know, Jenkins brings out the worst in me, as you know. Yeah. So I started saying every time I'd enter a room or, or leaving a room, either way, it's just squirt it up. That's it. Just squirt <laughs> it up. And before long, Jenkins, just like the puppy dog that he is, you know, idolizes me every day of his life. He starts copycatting me he starts saying squirt it up as well just over and over i think a little bit of context on this you do this when you enter rooms with people you're familiar with and talk to you did oh well i don't know if you just did this when you entered the hotel lobby (laughs) with random people in the revolving doors i don't i don't think you did so i did not it's around people you're comfortable with that know you and know (laughs) that you're just saying random shit so you still have like that awareness of yes that is true of that right so you have the situation the reason i brought this up is because i noticed that i'm able to manipulate people like jenkins and even cinderin to some degree uh this specific instance though is going to be about jenkins since he is our third member of the podcast that he likes to say the silent part that is never actually on camera or does anything for the podcast but i do this thing which old men do where you sit down or you get up or you do anything and you're just like ah right and I do it for every sip of water, every sip of Coke, every bite of food is the same thing. It's like, oh, <laughs> and Jenkins has started to do that now. And I have to recommend it to general. Okay. This is a Suns fan recommends doing that. You might sound absolutely ridiculous, but if you don't care how you sound, things will feel better. Just try taking a bite out of something and just like, Mm, you know just oh yeah you don't need to make it sexual it doesn't need to go out of, get out of hand but it makes things more oh, enjoyable it doesn't. that's good that's really good Cinder, i would recommend that to you yes you have covid thank you maybe this will help soothe the sore throat that you have oh, <laughs> oh yeah um, right. yeah <laughs> speaking of sons fan recommends you can have a recommends from ishan did you watch the last season of stranger things Yes, but it's not over yet. Well, okay. Did you watch the currently released episodes? Yes. Uh, what did you think if you had to rate this season relative to the others? Relative to the other, so I know I, you haven't seen the last two episodes because they don't exist yet. Uh, I would say so. Wait, does ten mean that's the best for this series, or is that still a scale of like... just just like rate the seasons in order, if you will? This is the I, fourth season. Where does it rate among the the four? I don't know. It's been so. It's been years. Did you okay. watch them all recently or something? No. Did you watch any of it? Are you just pulling my chain? 
No, I've watched all of it. <laughs> I love this show. It's super good. Yeah, I agree. I, I thought it started out a little bit weak this season, but it ended up being extremely good. Uh, it might yeah. be the best season, actually. I think this is either the best or the second best. I think the the first season was really good, right? It, it often is with shows, just because everything is like you know new, the settings, the the concept itself is. I wouldn't say it's like revolutionary or anything, but it's kind of innovative in some aspects yeah. uh, of how it depicts things. So I thought season one was really creative. Uh, but just going off of feel, I would say this is the best season aside from that one, if not better than the first one. Yeah, so I, I I'm excited for the last two episodes. I thought it was really good. I thought it started out very repetitive. I'm like, I feel like this has been in every season, this exact story, but then they, they made it a lot more different. So I appreciate that. Yeah. I did notice though, so Netflix did something interesting. They came out with seven episodes, mm-hmm. and they ha- they're delaying the final two episodes for a later date. And at first, I'm like, oh, this is actually kind of cool because you get a little bit of taste. You get to binge watch a bit, then you get a little break, and you watch, you know, to hype it up. But mm-hmm. I misread it as June 1st. I'm like, oh, I only have to wait like four days. It's fucking July mm-hmm. 1st. What the fuck? That's so stupid. And then you realize, hmm, this sounds exciting. I don't mind. Then you realize this is the TI format of this year. So <laughs> That's fucking true. God damn it. That is so true. Ugh. All right. Anyway, that's a little quick recommends there. Uh, the groaning slash stranger things, apparently. Let's discuss roster shuffles. Oh, this so, one has stuff this time. Jerax is out of EG, and he has been replaced by Fly. Let's talk about yeah. that one first. Can't say I'm too surprised. Yeah, he was definitely aware feel- during our last episode because I was aware. <laughs> I think everybody. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you were. Are you privy to this information? I, I was pretty convinced this was going to happen. And yeah, so we knew this one already, but. Obviously, it's really sad to see because Jarex is such a nice guy. He's a really good player. Yep. He talked about how he just hadn't, you know, caught up necessarily, and he tweeted that he's looking for a team, but nobody picked him up. So that that was more surprising than anything, though, that nobody picked him up. Uh, Dota but... is pretty ruthless uh, when it comes to like player stocks. You can be mm. a world champion and be really good, but if you don't show amazing form in your last tournament then people aren't necessarily going to invest in you as an idea yeah it's kind of crazy like if i were building a team right now i would take jerex as four in a heartbeat like no fucking questions asked but um but yeah other people just either didn't see it the same way or time frame was too short or he got offers that he just didn't like but as far as we're aware yeah he's not on a team because he's not in the dpc system right yeah for for the upcoming Upcoming season three. Yes, that is correct. And then the other side, fly in. We talked to him yeah. on the podcast, obviously. Uh, he was like at he the event. He should give us 10% of his salary. We basically got him his job back. <laughs> he uh, was casting at ESL, which, by the way, he did an amazing job with Lyrical. I can't remember if he cast with anybody else, but he did a really good job. I don't think so. And I've been saying this since day one. Literally, this first day that they kicked him, I'm like, this is a huge mistake. And it's nothing about Jerax. Yep. It's they're missing nope. a captain. Nobody is a captain yep. on this. Everybody's messaging me after I said that. And like, what about Nightfall? What about Nightfall? I'm like, well, maybe you have more information than me. But, I mean, he's coming from another country. It's not his first language. He's the offlaner. Just doesn't fit. So they're kind of going back to the drawing board. Obviously, they keep Nightfall. Um, 
I think they're going to do really well. I think this is what they needed. Uh, obviously, Fly needs to be in form. I assume he is. I don't know that for sure, but... I think he is. They're missing a voice, and he provides that. He's a legendary captain. Again, I think... I think what EG was missing this tournament, without speculating too much, because I don't know the inner workings of the team, I think they were lacking in winning the game outside of the server, like I talked about with OG. I think that is one of the things Fly brings to the table, is not just his performance in game as a five and making some calls and whatnot. Because a lot of people still have this archaic view on Dota, fans that is, of how it's played, how it's called. In game, it's not the five that is making the majority of the game-winning calls or telling everybody what to do and being like a, a puppet master that's moving pieces around. That's not how it works. Uh, a lot of the times, the big calls in the game come from cores because they know when they're strong. They see an opportunity. Uh, they have the knowledge of their heroes' timings, etc. <clears throat> but what I think the five brings to the table a lot of the time is uh, outside of the game stuff. It's the prep. It's getting people on the same page. It's being a good just role model in the team. Uh, all of these like things that you don't see when you see the teams play, but you can feel when a team has it. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, it's not really necessarily showing in the individual performance of the player. It's showing in the unity of the team and how clean they are and how they execute and how seemingly on the same page they are about the drafts in it, it's kind of abstract it's kind of beautiful in a way actually uh how how it works like that but it just does like and i think fly was missing for that to work in the outside of of the games aside from that the, i also think this was like i think this tournament was rough for eg because they had boot camp for an eternity for the dpc and keeping in mind their players are from like you said different regions right so you have someone like abed who hasn't been home to sea for two months you have Nightfall, who's coming in uh, from Eastern Europe as well. So, like, these players getting accustomed to that new environment. Uh, and also, based on what we heard, the players don't necessarily uh, hang out and mingle that much outside of the games. It can very quickly become this, like, business work atmosphere. And that might not be the best for team morale either. And again, I think that's where someone like Fly really helps. Yeah. So, I know it's a lot of speculation on my part, but it's it's just a hunch. Yeah, and I've been saying it for years, the the captain role, the guy that brings everybody together as a cohesive unit is the most underrated aspect of any, it's not just yes. Dota, it's any team, sport, whatever. And yes. I feel like it's somehow continually undervalued. And it's for me, it's like so fucking obvious when something like that's missing, um, which is, again, think- reason OG is so successful because they have two guys that fit that bill as well, right? A potential part of the reason why it's so underrated is that it doesn't get very much... I'd say it gets a disproportionately small amount of attention in the depiction of the games, right? Whether it's football or basketball or Dota, the main thing is the stardom of the player, right? Like, that's what people care about the most, is this guy is a star player, he's scoring the most points, or this is the carry of the patch, this guy's amazing... Um, and a lot of the times, the thing that makes these players shine and make them have standout performances is what happens outside of the game. Yeah. Um, but it's more abstract. It's harder to show. You can't just bring up stats and be like, wow, this this captain is amazing because this or that, right? It's it's harder to just depict it correctly. So, And it's also harder to digest and understand. 
so I get why captains get less of a less credit than they probably deserve uh, overall in this in sports. Um, but yeah, I agree one hundred percent. It's it is the single most important thing to a team is to have good leadership um, yep. and good cohesiveness in general. Uh, okay, so next two teams that are kind of interlink interlinked are Nigma Galaxy, aka NGX, and Secret. So uh, Secret get rid of Sumail. And they pick up Crystalis in his place. And Sumail yep. goes to Nigma in place of ILTW. Uh, but if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong here, actually. Wait, is Sumail playing the one or the two in the Miracle with Miracle? I, I think Sumail is meant to play mid, just so based Sumail, on pubs. So Sumail far. is yeah. back mid, Miracle's yeah, position so. one. Yeah. So let's talk about both uh, both teams now, because obviously, Nigma Division Two, so they're yeah. coming from the bottom essentially. Secret still in Division One, but they had kind of a poor showing overall. They just didn't look, I don't know, they just didn't look the same. Like a lot of times, they would kind of start slow in the season, but they'd ramp it up really fast, and it just never happened. So, yeah. not a big surprise to see some changes for both these teams. Yeah. Uh... I don't, I'm not sure how, I think Crystals is a really good player and I think he's, you know, part of that recipe of what is working for other teams with taking in high rated pub players that have new ideas, new perspective, really have their finger on the pulse with the game because they play a lot. So I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be good for secret. I don't know if this is going to solve everything though. That's, and that's not me like doubting secret or whatever. Let's just wait and see kind of thing. Um, because like if you looked at their last season, it didn't feel like okay, it was definitely a mismatch with Sumail, right? It, that wasn't like was was that the conclusion anyone was coming to? Okay, secret or losing Sumail is underperforming. Like that didn't it didn't feel like that was the conclusion, right? They just need to switch things up, and I think this could work very well for them. Uh, it also could turn out that it's not enough, but we'll mm -hmm. see. Uh, for Enigma Galaxy, I think Sumail is just. He's going to be a good fit in that team. Um, I think Sumail has a lot of respect for Kuro. I, I would imagine Sumail doesn't have a lot of respect for a lot of players, but I think Kuro is one of the people that he... Uh, That's very... I mean, I'm not, I'm not even saying that. I'm not saying that as a bad thing, by the way. I okay. think, you know, some of the... <laughs> some of the like... super, some of the Some of the superstars or really strong players, what makes them good is that they have a really high bar for what they consider good, right? Mm. Um but I, I will say, just based on so Puppy having seen them at events people, together. Apparently. Oh, he was, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> my, my point was, I think, uh, I think in order for Samael to shine in a team, I think he needs to really, just like in secret, he needs to believe in the leadership. I also thought he was definitely going to be a potentially good fit there. It didn't work out. Uh, but I, I think Samael, um, it's definitely very, very important that he has... Uh, a lot of respect for the other players. And I'm sure in that team, there's not going to be anything like, uh, I, I don't, I don't, does this make sense? I don't think ego is going to be that big of a deal for this team. It's about whether they can find the cohesion. Um, yeah. The other so, four players have played together forever. Samel respects all of them a lot. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. um, they have great accomplishments. They're in outstanding players in every position. So now it's just a matter of, are these guys lacking on the idea front? Because Enigma Galaxy now, they're playing Div 2. They're probably going to coast it. Let's be honest. They should get Div 1, or rather, get into the TI qualifiers, that path. Um, 
the question is, is this team too much of the old guard by now? And I can't believe I'm saying that with Samael, right? It's not like he's a super old player. What is he, 20, 23 or something now? Sure. Um, but a lot, of the, like, a lot of the other teams that have success right now have like these really young, really motivated, energetic players that are like mm. 17, 18. Um, we'll see. I, the experience is definitely there. So I, I will say one thing about Sumail. I'm a little worried for him because if this doesn't work out, like he has been bouncing from team to team to team. So, and again, I'm coming into this not knowing anything about like, mm-hmm. I'm, it's not like I'm trying to leak something. I don't have any information on this, but without knowing anything, it's becoming kind of obvious to me that there is some issue with him, whether it be a personality class. Like, I don't, I find it hard to believe that he's not a good player. Okay. I have a hard time believing that skill wise, he does not match up with the teams that he's been on. I do have an easy time believing that the personality, the ego, whatever you want to call it, there's some clashes there. There have to be, or else this doesn't make sense that he is, he has become like, what do we call that? A, what's the NBA term for somebody that goes from team to team? Um, a journeyman. That's like, a role player in the NBA will be a journeyman. They're like on a bunch of teams in a bunch of years. This is like the, one of the How prodigies many teams of recently? I don't know. It feels like a million. Like, like maybe my memory is just bad. I don't feel like it's been that many. Am I, am I just off here? Let me check. He was on OG. He was on, yeah. he tried Secret. joining Quincy crew, right? Temporarily. He was like their stand in for a bit. Didn't work out. Secret. Oh, liquid. You mean? <clears throat> Oh, Liquid is no. I was Quincy Crew as well. So Liquid as well. Yeah. They, like, they yeah I, I'm just looking at his history here. So in 2020, uh, 2021, he played as a stand-in for Liquid for two months, roughly. Hmm. Then he played for OG for half a year, and then he played for Secret for half a year. So okay. well, I, okay, maybe he officially maybe. And before that, he played for OG for half a year, and before that, he played for Quincy for a month. So yeah, okay, I mean, Quincy, there it is. But that was in 2019, actually, the Quincy thing. He what, took a what year does that break matter? That, okay. So, that doesn't matter. Um, actually, no, he didn't. The three months. Whatever. <clears throat> That's a lot of teams. I mean, I'm just I'm looking at his resume here of teams that he's played for, and I feel like this to me doesn't stand out as like exceptional by even high tier pro player means. He's just I will agree that he hasn't found the success that was expected of him in the previous couple of teams, but it's not like he's been switching teams every two months. He's played with the teams for half a year, so effectively one to two DPC seasons. Okay. It T- hasn't worked out. How about this? And they've made changes. Tell me one tier one player in that span that has been on more teams. Mm, let me look. Yeah. Oh, this was more of a rhetorical question because you're not going to be able to find one. It just doesn't happen. Now, the question is do you consider him tier one? That's really the only. I do. I do. Okay. I He's still do. Been on a lot of teams. Okay. But anyway. I, do think, I do think he's a tier one particularly in mid and i think he's a tier one in a specific system that mm-hmm. i think nigma are going to bring yeah uh, i agree i think it's gonna i, I think out. part of the part of the problem for him has been that he's moved between one and two and i think he's done it to in order to accommodate so he could play for the with the players that he wanted to play with rather than enforcing the role that he is the best at yeah i think this guy's always been best in mid even when he played his best on carry he was still a better mid player i have the same opinion about mid one it's the same story like they can be very good on carrying in good games and they know how to carry the game, but 
like this guy, what makes him better than other players the majority of the time is his excellent 1v1 laning mechanics. And it's been aggressive play style with levels. Mm. You just can't do that from the carry position in the same way. It, it just doesn't work like that. Yeah. So even if you're really good and you can carry games, you can't just, he wants to determine the tempo of the game is what I'm saying. And that's what you can do from it. So, Okay. Quincy crew. They have made some drastic changes because they underperformed big time. They got rid of Kezu, Ponlo, and Milan, which I'm really... Big obviously, you're, you're very good friends with Kezu. Very sad that he's gone. And then Milan, I, I don't know Ponlo very, but Milan, just based on his, uh, <laughs> his... Like the way he was acting on camera, which I it's loved. Good for entertainment. <clears throat> and yeah. had to be good for the team environment, but they're all gone. But they've been replaced with some... Like Quincy Crew looks really strong so still have quinn still have Yawar. now you got mss back you got lelis back <laughs> the old quincy crew and then position yep. five is going to be fata which yep. this lineup looks stacked as fuck i think they'll do quite well but it's going to be i mean na is going to be a really good region this is three legitimately this is what we thought we were going to get coming into this mm -hmm. last season i think we're going to get this now in season three yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm curious. I think on paper this is a better team than the last one. Um, a lot of people were speculating whether SVG would come back. I think, for the time being, he. I think is not going to play pro. I, I'm. I would be pretty surprised if the players didn't ask him. Right, like you're literally getting the entire old guard together, and these <laughs> players had a lot of respect for SVG. So I think they yeah. were talking to him, and he probably turned it down and. I, I'm. I don't know if he's going to compete again at some later point, but it seems for now he is uh, on the talent side of things, and we're really happy to have him. I think he's very, he's really good as talent. I think he's a very uh, how to say he's very unique uh, in his humor, in his demeanor, in his way of like his cadence, all of it. He's he's just good to have on panels because he's very very different from everyone else. He also and has something that no other good. talent can provide other than me, Cinder. And can you tell me what NBA that is? NBA insight. No, nah, a little more specific. Oh, um, going deeper. That's what she said. I don't know, actually. Aside Specifically, from that, that my... well, that is, I'm saying more specific on the NBA thing. Oh, he's a fan of the Suns. Yes, he's a fan of okay. the Phoenix Suns. He actually lives in my old neighborhood, too. So, yeah. got to get him for some board game nights after the COVID mm. uh, is released from my system. But yeah, the um, Quincy crew. Back I, on I topic, think I think, <laughs> yeah, uh, I th I'm curious to see Fata with this team. Uh, I think Fata has grown a lot as a player and as a person in the last years. Um, I think he can bring something to this team. I, how how am I going to explain this? I think this team is either, it's either going to be the second or the third best team. I I feel like Quincy is not going to be a stronger team than TSM. Um, just mm -hmm. on paper. The thing is, in NA, leading into the major, right, EG were the stronger team, right? They beat, they lost to TSM in the regional finals 3-2, to two, but in, in this season, EG crushed them, right, 2-0, uh, to get first seed out of NA, if I'm not mistaken. It has been uh, so long, the, and uh, yeah. But then I, they just really didn't show up on LAN. Um, and TSM now is just widely considered the kings of the region, right? Because they got a second place at the major, which is, you know, what EG usually do, get the second place at the major. Um, 
NA Classic. It's it's kind of honestly, it's kind of hard to say right now. EG have flyback. Are they going to be the strongest team now? TSM obviously have a ton of experience from that land. They've got to be super confident and they're really skilled. And you have Quincy bringing in some of the old players that they really had success with, and then a, a strong captain in Fata. I'm going to say that this will still be the third strongest team in the region, even though you're hyping them up. I actually still think that both EG and TSM are going to be better. Um, it is but it would be a welcome surprise if this team gets top two and goes to the major. I would be very happy for them. I mean, if, I like Quinn. If we're, um, if we're so. using the same bar where TSM is getting second at international tournaments, then being third NA mm -hmm. might not be so bad, right? If oh, for sure not. But like if the problem, the problem is you want to go to the majors, right? You want to go to these events, and third and NA is just not enough. Unless they're going to change the slot allocation based on TSM getting second. Probably not. Like that's been the bane of Quincy. The one season that they got first place and would have gone, the major got canceled, and the subsequent majors they got third, so they yeah. didn't get to go. So it's just it just sucks, right? Yep. Um, but what what can you do? Um, yeah. Tough. Did, it's a weird region still. Like you're saying, NA is a, getting a stronger and stronger region. I agree. I still think the gap between top three and the next teams is too big. And I hope that a team like Four Zoomers, which is now Nouns, are going to pick up some steam and make it more interesting. Um, yeah, I, I don't think they will, but uh, you never know. But yeah, I agree. It's top three and then basically nothing after that. No offense. Uh, we did mention Crystalis is going to Secret. Do you think this is a... I mean, obviously this is a more of a traditional position one. So... I mean, he's definitely a very good player. Yeah. I don't know anything about the personality, even though I did play some custom games with him. He, the other he's day. Um, my my vibe on Crystalis is that he's a very he's like a calm and focused player, which is mm -hmm. good. I think that's the type of player that Secret need in the carry position. Um, yeah, I, I I I see him being a good fit. I can totally see why they picked this player. Um, it's it's again, I just need to wait and see Secret play some more because. In this previous season that we just had, it felt like it was off in general. Not that, okay, the carry is not the right fit for this team. It was more mm -hmm. of a like an overall vibe of the, the team play. It wasn't really on the same page. Again, it felt like some potentially out-of-the-server stuff um, that was playing a big role. Uh, I think Chrysalis will be a, how to say, a... What's the word for this? A player that doesn't make any drama. There's a word for this that I'm missing. No baggage. Uh... And no something player. I'm missing the word. But you know what I mean. Like No bullshit. Uh, I, no nonsense. No testicles. Yes, that was the one. No testicles player. Um, which is what Secret needed. <laughs> they, need, um, they need a eunuch no. is what you're saying. Okay. I, I think he's, uh, he's going to fit right in. All right, and then the final roster move that we're going to mention. Oh, yeah, that, this one was a huge surprise. I, I know that there's been more than what we're talking about, but we only have so much time. I wanted to put this in because I fucking love this guy. Chuan is back, baby. He has joined Neon Esports, who went... Uh, they were fifth place in the upper division of SCA, and he has now joined them as a position for... It has been... A hot minute since he's been. In fact, I'm going to go look at the last page. time he has been on a team. Yeah, Let's see. Mr. Chuan. His last team was Echo International 2018. So over three years. That is a huge gap. He coached Neon for half a year okay. before now playing. Um, yeah. 
that is a oh, I just went through his team history. I forgot there was a team called this. <laughs> there was a team called Newbie Boss. <laughs> Newbie Boss. Yeah. What a team name. Newbie Boss. What's a newbie boss anyway? It's like, I just got promoted. I don't know. I think it's really funny. <clears throat> great, great team name. Newbie boss. Yeah, so I, I'm looking forward to whatever the hell uh, that yeah. turns out into. Cause, uh, I'm curious if you still got it. It's been a long time. But, you know, I, I feel like everybody sees Seb. You know, Peabody is just going to come back and play Bane and Chen. Fear is going to come back and play Luna, you know. It's... Uh, if Seb can do it, why can't we, you know? Mm-hmm. It's obviously a kind of different magnitude in terms of how much, like, Seb, this is something that I think people underestimate when they talk about the how incredible the story is that he retired and then is still playing that well in land. This guy plays a lot of Dota, and he's still high rank. Like, Seb just plays the game a lot. So it wasn't that surprising to me that he showed up on land and played well, to be honest. But Yeah. Someone uh, like Chan, I have more question marks. I just don't know. I don't know how good he is. I don't know how many pubs he's played. Yeah, but knows? Seb, I'm we have no clue. Really uh, I had this as a separate topic, but I guess it makes sense to just use as part of the roster shuffle. But I wanted to talk about Ninja Boogie, who uh, oh, no. was part of Team SMG, and he was kicked. And I have a tweet from him that says this is his tweet, and I just wanted to talk about this because. You know, if this is true, obviously extremely fucked up, but I don't have much information. Maybe you read a little bit more about it, but he tweeted out on May 20th. So it's been a bit kicked because my mom was on her last days and they assumed it would affect my performance. I already knew for some time that this day will come since she had stage four cancer. She passed away on Monday. Imagine being fired from a job because you are about to lose a loved one. So I don't know if we even have the other side of the story here, Cinderin, but I don't know how much there is. I feel like they've been very quiet. Yeah, which so, I feel like is very telling um, to me personally. Yeah, uh, he wasn't on the team I, for very long. I guess long, I can right? add a little bit to this, just based on what I've read. Uh, so the context was the team was going to boot camp, and Ninja Boogie asked to come in later, uh, but still be on time for their games and the matches and. A big chunk of the boot camp uh, was this was what I gathered basically that this was not going to directly conflict with their match schedule or anything. He just asked, "Hey, can I take some more time at home because my mom is very sick?" Um, and it, it was still going to work out with all of the stuff around it. So it wasn't like you could argue, or how to say this, like even if, like let's say, even if he couldn't make a boot camp, I still think this is fucked up. But now that he still could, it's even more fucked up, right? Like, it's just mm-hmm. even worse because it felt like it was going to be less of a, a conflict because uh, he could still make it. Um, so, yeah, his, his wording here that they were worried about him it affecting his performance is kind of what I'm taking as gospel right now. Like, he could have made the boot camp. He would have been on time, just delayed slightly from the other players. Uh, but he could have still taken part in that in the preparations for their matches and the season. Um, and he still, yeah, was just laid off from the team and they got someone else. Yeah. There's just, there's just no good spin to this. That's the problem I have with it. I, I can't like find a good being like, oh, they were going to... It's like, how are you going to even look at this? Like, oh, they were going to get rid of him and get another player and now they had an excuse to do it. Like, this is a really fucking awful excuse. If they yeah. wanted to kick him, do it before this then. Right? There's just like no good spin on it. I don't understand. Which is maybe why they haven't super said anything. Cool. Yeah. 
don't know. It, it just it fucking sucks, man. I really feel for the guy, you know. Um, I, I think there was some elaboration I, from what I'm gathering here. Not that I'm, you know, like a drama fiend or I take pleasure in this, but from what I gather, the primary player that Ninja Boogie really has beef with now is Mid One. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, if you guys are are interested in reading up on it, I'm sure you guys can find more than what I've just read on the surface of this thing. Um, I'm not here to like start drama or paint players in a bad light against each other or whatever. But yeah. what is out there is out there. So and you can have Ninja a look Boogie, at it of course, has been around a really long time. He's like a longtime veteran of Dota. So I obviously wish him the best, but also yeah. hope that he finds the peace that he needs to, you know, maybe if he wants to keep playing Dota, obviously find a team and continue yeah. having success. He, he seems like a guy with the, you know... I'm not going to say either of us is an amazing judge of character, but I, I think you would agree that this guy seems like someone who has a heart in the right place, right? Yep. He sure. seems like a good dude. Um, yep. yep, I got without the same knowing vibe. Him too well. so, I'm a terrible judge of character, sucks. but I agree with you, Cinderin. I'm, a lo- I'm wrong a lot. Yeah. All the best to him. Uh, this story, by the way, was picked up and... To my knowledge, just off of recent memory, this is one of the biggest stories that dota has ever had outside of dota itself like this blew up yeah this got huge like some of the really big uh youtubers i think what's he called is he called critical role um that sounds familiar i don't watch youtube but you know moist critical i think it is is that his name did you say moist yeah he's called moist critical moist Uh, critical okay yeah he has a huge youtube let me just see what's his youtube called again um Penguins, Penguin Z Zero, okay. I think is his YouTube. Right, that, that's enough. I, I've heard enough. Uh, All right. Anyway, it's a it's a YouTube channel with ten million subs. Um, he's a he's a really big YouTube channel. Uh, he covered it basically immediately, uh, and yeah, it it just it spread across Reddit. I think it was the top of Reddit all at some point even. So yeah, it, it, this was, I would say, fortunately. In in a bad situation like this, this was given a lot of exposure and a lot of attention was drawn to how shitty something like this is, how despicable it is, and the overall you know importance of giving people personal space in their professional lives. Yep. So that's the good thing to come from this was all of the discussions that it sparked. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously, would have rather been around it without it, right? Indeed. Uh, yeah, we wish him the best. Okay, last topic since we're going over here. Uh, I don't know how much of a discussion this really is, but we won an Emmy, Shannon. Both you and me. The Sports Emmys uh, award for outstanding esports championship coverage goes to the International Ten Dota Two Championship between Team Spirit and PSG LGD. I don't know what this means exactly. Well, we're expecting our names on there. Was I on panel for this? (laughs) No, I'm trying to figure out if I can take credit for that series. I could take credit for the coverage of the tournament, but if it's that series and I wasn't working it, I think I was on panel for one or two games. Okay, sure. You can give yourself credit. Why not? I hope I was. I, I'm an Emmy winner, Shannon. I was eating Snickers in the lounge room, so uh, I'll take credit for gaining weight during this Emmy award. <laughs> uh, I know that Slacks uh, considers himself to be an Emmy award winner because he... I don't know what his exact title was, but obviously he's in charge of a lot of stuff with TI, so that that is pretty cool. I don't know, like this isn't a re- like okay, I could be horribly wrong. I haven't looked into this at all. Like, how are they allowed to use the word Emmy? Isn't that like 
an actual thing or is this actually the same company is it an extension of that i think it might oh that's a good question it, this is called a sports emmy yeah um obviously it doesn't I, hold I don't the know. same weight as what you know i don't know how global the emmys are but for the united states it's a very prestigious award uh so not sure it must be connected but on some like i don't know secondary level like a lower tier but either way you know eventually these awards will be big i guess like i don't know if anybody feels the same way as me i <laughs> they mean literally nothing uh like it's not like winning an oscar which you can say is rigged or whatever but it's a big deal right if you win an oscar your entire career has changed forever your entire life Something like this, it's like, eh, okay, cool. I don't know if that's just me. That's the cynical. I, 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 the my cynical. my life changed forever after you ate Snickers uh, during us earning an Emmy together. Thank so you, Cinder. I, I will never forget. Hey, if I can help win an Emmy by eating Snickers, then sign me up, bitch. <laughs> Available for TI-11. Just bring the Snickers, baby. <laughs> we'll see how the Snickers taste in Singapore. Might be a little bit of a different oh. formula. <laughs> I'll have to test the that Danish out ones myself. are definitely better than the American ones. Yeah, so you say. The Swedish ones oh, are far worse. No, so this this was actually very good. So we had a we got a third opinion on this from yours truly, Nikki. Okay, and um, what did she say? We we tried. What do you mean? What did you say? You sat literally next to her. Did you actually just? I don't remember. <laughs> you you erased this memory immediately. I had her try the Snickers, and I had her try the Fanta, right? Okay. Uh, in the lounge. And she thought both of them were better in the Swedish version. She okay. liked the Snickers more because it's more peanutty and less sweet. Okay. And she liked the soda more as well because it tastes a bit watered less down. Sweetened, I think. It Fanta Okay, no, no, no. This, okay. I'll give you something here. We'll we'll end on this, okay? okay? okay. Fanta, I agree, is better oh, in Europe. You do. No, no, but you don't seem to understand when you guys say Fanta, that just means orange drink. It's like the only orange drink that you have. I know that's not entirely true that basically yeah. Fanta is like the one brand in the U S mm -hmm. it's not there's Fanta there's Sunkissed, and there's crush. And guess what? Right. Crush and Sunkissed are both better than Fanta on both sides. The Fanta I in see. Europe is better. I agree. But it gets it. shit on by Sunkissed and Crush, Cinderin. Okay? Okay. I and right neither of those two, actually. I will respectfully disagree with, with Nikki on the Snickers. I prefer sweet to more nutty. But I can understand why somebody would prefer that. Like it's not like it's mind boggling. The one that is mind boggling, if you like European Twix more than American Twix, stop <laughs> watching this podcast. You are fucking wrong. It is I need to I need to try them side by side. Disgusting. I mean, I still ate them, but that's because it's chocolates. <laughs> it's, You're proud of Snickers. That literally, yes, but it is yeah. so much worse. It's not even funny. Okay, just <laughs> the Twix is actually a fucking abomination. Okay, all right. So with that, thank you everybody for watching. <laughs> No, you're missing the last topic, Shannon. Well, I'm not talking about skip that. I am going to skip good. it. Who gives a shit? Huh? That's right. big news to a lot of our Final fans. Final topic is TF2, everybody. Are you... Thanks for watching, everybody. All right. Well, we'll see you next week. Uh... <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, now we have to read it out. So TF2, uh, 
my chat was informing me about how this was actually done because I literally forgot because I just couldn't care less. But TF2 has had issues with botting, right? So games cannot mm -hmm. actually occur. And they have been protesting by doing like some hashtag, like some movement on Twitter among Reddit posts and all this stuff. They actually, there was a post on Dota Twitter. Like they're just going to all the Valve games. Like, hey, community, help us get the attention of Valve. And finally, the TF2 Twitter tweeted out, TF2 community, we hear you. We love this game and know you do too. We see how large this issue has become and are working to improve things. That is the one person working on TF2 currently. Okay, so a little more context on this. They tweeted this on May 27th. Their previous tweet from this... Uh from this account was July 18th, 2020. So almost two years, it tweeted nothing. Okay. And now it tweets this. I think this is the most liked slash retweeted thing Valve has ever posted anywhere. But really? I'm going to look that that's up. That's why I feel like this. there's a bit of gravity here. It, okay. It's got a quarter million likes and 60K retweets. Holy when shit. When the Dota 2 Twitter tweets something about TI or you know something the community is really excited about, this completely dwarfs it. So wow. It's a bit interesting to me because my perception of the TF2 community might be way off from how big it actually is, or there's some really powerful uh, content creators that you know were built on this game and really care about it still and want to make content with it. So obviously, if they retweet, if they like it, it's going to spread like rings in the water, right? But I found it interesting. I thought something like this, if Valve made a post like this on the TF2 Twitter, it would get, you know, like some traction. But this is like, right. by Valve standards, this is enormous in I terms of response. I would guess that a lot of so, it comes from, and this is bots? just pure guess, <laughs> sure, the same bots that are populating the servers of TF2. <laughs> They're just uh, liking the tweet. Just but no, spit I, in their face. Oh my God, that's so funny. Uh, um, I, I would think a lot of the retweets and likes are from people that played tf2 back in the day that no mm. longer do and no longer will still but it's just more of a nostalgic right. thing uh which still that's really cool to see uh i was uh, very surprised i'm glad you convinced me to talk about it yeah that, that i did not know the numbers were so drastically high very cool okay so with that that brings us to the end of the episode cinder i i bid you farewell good luck with the covid bye uh, guys Hopefully you can clear up that throat and all that jazz and you can hang out with onion. Wait, you're not, you're not uh, confining yourself away from onion though, are you? No. Uh -uh. Dogs, dogs are pure creatures, so they're immune to COVID. So I think dogs and cats can get it, but they don't have symptoms generally. Yeah, right? I think they can carry it, I believe. Yeah. But, okay. All right. Until next time, Suns Fan Center signing out. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. We Subscribe. But thanks for listening.